Hey guys, PK here. Is a buyer's agent really worth it? This episode is a show I did on Pizza and Property Podcast, actually debating this subject, are buyer's agents really worth it? With a real buyer's agent going through so many pros and cons and getting to a conclusion. Okay, it's going to be really fun. You know, not only is it knowledgeable, it's a really fun, entertaining episode that I did on Pizza and Property. Here it is. Hope you guys enjoy it. Catch you later. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Is a buyer's agent actually worth it? We've got Joe Tucker from Property Principles. He's obviously a buyer's agent, also co-founder of the Oz Property Investors Group, debating none other than PK Gumpter. Now, PK runs a very successful property investing course, also a very successful Facebook group, and is famously not a big fan of buyer's agents. I'm going to be reading out four statements. They're going to be giving me their responses to each of them as to why they think they're true or why they think they're totally a farce. And by the end of this episode, we should have a lot more clarity to the question, is a buyer's agent actually worth it? Joe, PK, how you going, guys? G'day, mate. How are we? Hey, Todd. Yeah, this is um, this is a little bit exciting. I know I say every episode is yeah. exciting, but I think this is really like I want to say back from popular demand. But this has never happened before, not just on our show, but I think like in general, like maybe somewhere in the universe this has happened. But but really, like, is about buyer's agent worth it? Seems to be a question that always gets thrown around. I know it's thrown around in your group quite a lot, Joe. I don't know if it's thrown around quite as much in in yours, PK. But just even in the circles that we we all sort of move in. It's something that is a very common piece. To have both of you on the show, obviously, Joe Tucker, an avid buyer's agent yourself, very successful in what you're doing. PK, your course is make, it's, it's making a lot of people a lot of money. It's doing good things as well. Both of you guys are very good at what you do, but you both come at it from very different angles. So before we get into the debate, I just wanted to know, do you guys have anything that you wanted to, to sort of kick things off with? Yeah. No, 100%. Like I was saying before as well, and I just want everyone to know, even though I'm going to rip Joe to shreds in this debate. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I, actually I, have I like respect. how we have the three nicest people in real estate <laughs> in a debate. <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that's seriously what I mean. Like, you know, uh, without going on and on, I, I just want everyone to know I have a lot of respect for Joe and he's actually a good buyer's agent. He hasn't paid me to say this. And even though I'm going to rip him to shreds. Okay. Yeah. Joe, anything you want to say? Appreciate that. It's a good point to make when uh you are going to lose a debate is just to you know <laughs> build the other person oh. up uh, but no and and uh, another side point is you know pk is big in the education space and there's no way that i can be anti-education i'm going to say that and then friendliness is over it's done we are making- let's just drop it there todd you can put links to both the ba and my course service and <laughs> in the show notes done man this this is like smack talk and then like a pat on the back all at the same time yeah, <laughs> hug. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, 
why don't we move into the statements? Okay. Like as you guys know, and I've explained earlier, the rules basically are I read the statements. Now one of you can jump in. You're either agreeing or disagreeing. Both of you have a chance to answer those. So if we kick it off with the very first statement, outplaying a pro footballer, outdiagnosing a doctor, getting more laughs than Jimmy Carr just isn't going to happen. Without the help of a pro in your corner, taking on a seasoned sales agent means you are almost certainly going to get a subpar outcome. Who would like to go first? I'll jump in because uh, you have to agree with that. Got nothing to do with buyers agents, but you have to agree with the question. You can't make get more laughs than uh, than Jimmy Carr. But no, no, of course it's about buyers agents. Like I guess financial freedom isn't an easy goal to attain, but it's it's a worthwhile one, right? Like it's kind of like climbing Everest. It's it's a journey. You're going to need a whole heap of preparation. You're going to need a whole heap of education. You're going to need a solid team around you. So. Using a buyer's agent is helping you avoid the wrong path. We want you to get to the top as quickly as possible. Like your goal is here. You are currently here with these type of resources. What is the path we need to take? Because some people can go, you know, vertically at high speed on a rocket. That's not always the case. You have to do some climbing up the hill. So the goal of a buyer's agent is to make sure that you don't take the wrong path. And by taking the wrong path, that might be taking a buying a house and land package and you have to sit on that for three years. And then you realize, oh, snap, I need to come back down, restart my journey, go all the way up again and keep going. Property, we all agree, is probably going to be the largest investment that you're ever going to make. Messing that up can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in the short term. But in the long term, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And especially when you're first starting out, the first three properties that you go out and buy are going to be the most important. They are the ones that set you up for success to allow you to speed on through to scale your portfolio. So if your first purchase isn't up to scratch, then you're kind of risking quite a lot. That's my view. Okay. So just if I can try and summarize before you jump in there, PK. So for you, it's really about the importance of knowing that you're on the right path. And that's what you feel a BA can can bring to the table around this statement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also look at the statistics, right? It was saying that 71% of people only one property, 19 own two, 6% own three. So 96% of investors get stuck at one to three properties. Like there is a time and space in your portfolio for a high cash flow. There is a time and space for a high growth. There is a time for and space for a residential development. There's a time and space for different assets. But if you get them wrong in the wrong sequence, it's going to slow you your progress down. Okay. All right, PK. Agree or disagree? I feel I have to disagree and I, and I do, and I do disagree, but that was a good, uh, what a good answer, Joe. It's hard to kind of come up with stuff, but look, I think what you've said is both true and, and untrue. Most people do get stuck after one property. It is good to get education. It is good not to make mistakes. Obviously, the first property is the most important one. All those things I agree with, but I think how you evaluate determines your result. How you evaluate something determines the result that you get. So for example, if you're using a speedometer, you can only ever ascertain the speed or velocity of something. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the problems in the Australian residential property market is all the content is created or 95, 99% of the content is created by buyer's agents, right? So even just to pick up on something you said there, how most people get stuck after one property. It's true statistically that most people only have one property. This is property investors, but that doesn't mean they get stuck because actually, if you look at the statistics, more than 50% of property investors are accidental property investors. They had a home, they didn't sell it, but they upgraded or downgraded and they kept it as an investment property. So it's very easy to take statistics and manipulate them 
and maneuver them. Not that you're doing that, Joe, um, necessarily, but you know, to to say a rhetoric. And that's my issue with buyers agents because the content, you know, fantastic podcasts like this as well. It's dominated by buyers agents. People are only hearing one side of the narrative. It's like on social media, you click a Trump ad or something like that. All of a sudden, you become a Republican, right? Because it just fulfills what your uh, biases, your cognitive bias. So that's the first point. The second point is, you know, should you use a professional? Like on the surface of it, like it seems incoherent to say no, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is that it's not a fair comparison to say that a buyer's agent is like a professional in the traditional respect of a professional, like a a doctor or dentist or mechanic, you know, age old question, hey, you know, use a buyer's agent who would ever service their car by themselves, who would ever perform open heart surgery by themselves, except who would ever do a root canal by themselves, use a professional. Mm-hmm. Almost 100% of people in those things, when you need a root canal, you go to a dentist. However, almost 100% of people when they go to buy an investment property, don't use a buyer's agent, okay? They do it themselves. So this argument that you need to use a professional or a buyer's agent, why would you not do that? Because you never, you know, do surgery on yourself. That's not, the premise is incorrect because most people do do it themselves. And most people in the last 50, 100 years of Australian history have been you know, doing it themselves. So I I think of it more like a gardener. You know, if you don't have any interest or time in gardening, you don't want to learn about the seasons, about flowers and things, hire a landscaper, a gardener, but you can do this yourself. It's it's not actually that difficult. And the last thing I'll say is that it's actually, and this is very controversial, forgive me for saying it, Mm -hmm. it's actually, there's more of a chance of getting a subpar outcome if you're using a buyer's agent, especially the big buyer's agents, the big and famous buyer's agents that you hear all around different media channels than if you do it yourself. And there's various reasons, but a couple are they have a churn and burn model because they have too many clients for what they can service or a number of good properties available for sale. And also there's no accountability. You do surgery, you get a good outcome. You know you're getting better. For the property, you don't actually realize if it's good or bad until maybe three, four, five, ten years down down the line. So, I mean, those are just some of the the things that are coming to mind. Okay. So just uh, summarizing there, it sounds like it's almost the comparison of like, if you're a heart surgeon, of course, you wouldn't do surgery on yourself. Or no, other way around. If you're not a heart surgeon, even if you aren't a heart surgeon, I don't think you're operating on yourself. Good luck. (laughs) Are you sort of saying that the comparison isn't fair? to some of these professionals because maybe you've had to study for four, six, eight years, whatever it is, but then someone else can be a buyer's agent, do it for two months and go, hey, you wouldn't operate on yourself. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? Well, the majority of people who need surgery use a surgeon, but the majority of people who need to buy a property don't use a buyer's agent. So it's not a fair... And I'm a buyer's agent. I have a buyer's agent qualification. It took me all of one month to get it. So I agree with your point. The tenure or the rigor around the qualifications is also not comparable. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point because the qualification behind a buyer's agent is exactly the same as a real estate agent. And it's an area that I think people should focus on a little bit, like the industry should focus on to make it a little bit of a harder barrier to entry, but it is still the same qualification that requires a um, real estate agent license. And you can get your certificate in a month, but you can't own and operate a buyer's agency with a trust account within a month. You need to be under a real estate agent. 
Um, but also, can I can I just uh, can I just disagree with it? So I don't operate as a buyer's agent. I wouldn't do a buyer's agent service, even if someone paid me fifty thousand dollars. But I was able to get up and running with a real estate license, and I could take clients within a month and a half of doing the real estate license course in Queensland. And now my Queensland license can be transferred to all states and territories without any further qualification. So that's the reality. And, you know, there's a lot of ways in the last year or two where now 3,000 new buyers agents that have just become buyers agents in the last three years have done exactly that. Okay. Mm. So one of the things is that you're talking about is like the statistics behind buyers agents and new buyers agents. So if there's 3,000 new buyers agents, there must be a market for that demand. So people are wanting more and more to use a buyer's agent. About 4% of transactions throughout Australia are done by a buyer's agent. Um, and that's a very hard number to keep. What's the source for that, Joe? Uh, the internet. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I saw it somewhere. I saw it um, in a Facebook group. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the US, again, I don't have a source for this one. It's about 50% of the transactions done with a buyer's agent. Buyer's agents is a relatively, a very new, it's been around for a little while in Australia, but a very niche. Now it's just starting to get some wings as I guess the, the market's expanded and people want help and they don't know and understand the research behind it. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. In the US, the statistics are actually more than 75%. And what you're seeing is that (laughs) you're seeing that the buyer's agent fee in the US is more like two to $3,000. So the market, you know, water finds its own level, the the supply demand has found its own level. And I think that's Mm. might be that might be what what will happen here, as people realize the value of a buyer's agent. Yeah, depending on the state that you're in, my understanding in the the states, and just before I get pressed on this, I do not have a source for this. Um, <laughs> my understanding, just from watching a lot of million dollar listing, is that they generally have a, either a five or six percent commission that's paid. Part goes to the buyer's agent, part goes to the sales agent, but it's actually paid by the seller. So it's a totally different model that they actually operate in, and I think even some states operate differently within the states as well. But it, it's definitely a lot more mainstream to have someone in your corner helping you buy over. There. Yeah. In what situation, PK, do you feel like BAs do add value and can be worthwhile for clients? Are you allowed to ask those questions? I'm, I'm yeah, I was, I was going to say, Joe, as much as I, I am interested in hearing the answer for that, I think we should probably stick on the statements. But <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to weave in the answer, Joe, in, in a Todd question later on. But no, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> and if we get into the next statement here, a buyer's agent has no incentive to really push a deal and negotiate the best price. They only get paid to close deals. You'll never really know if they've actually got you a great deal or they've just told you they have. PK, did you want to jump in first this time? Yeah, sure. So I think it's a really, really interesting question. And obviously the answer is nuanced. And I'm kind of in this unique situation without kind of, you know, tooting my own horn where, you know, I have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of clients now where they have used buyers agents before. And because of the type of service we provide, I see the deals that they've bought and I can see, oh, look, those buyers agents, they consistently tend to be really good ones. And these other buyers agents, which are household names, you know, what are they doing buying for this client in that location or that type of uh, property? My conclusion is that a lot of buyer's agents, not all of them, but I would even go as far as to say the majority of them, they get paid to sell you a property. I know they're not sales agents. I know they're buyer's agents, but they get paid when you buy a property. So there's a conflict of interest. 
they get paid when you close a deal. And I've experienced this so many times where some buyer's agents, definitely not Joe, but some buyer's agents, they're almost like the extended arm of a sales agent. You know, they have that really good relationship with the sales agent. Every time the sales agent has this property for sale, they call up the buyer's agent and say, look, I know you've got 20 people in your waiting list. Which one do you want to sell this to? You know, and you can have it tomorrow for $500,000. The buyer's agents may or may not know that it's actually only worth $450,000. The clients definitely don't know because they're outsourcing the responsibility and they're outsourcing the accountability. And the buyer's agent has just seen to be, you know, got an amazing deal, which is directly from the agent. The client is happy because they've closed a deal and the sales agent is having a laugh because it's just the easiest thing they've ever done. An extended arm of the sales agent, especially in a hot market, especially in a hot market. The second thing I'll say is that to build agent relationships, they need to pay good money. You know, an agent is a sales agent is more than happy is over the moon when he just has this buyer's agent that's always buying properties for his clients off him. And he's not negotiating. He's not really taking that sales agent to town because if he was, if he was really rinsing that sales agent for every last dollar, then the sales agent wouldn't give him so many properties because that's a difficult sell. So when the buyer's agents make life easy for sales agents by paying over and above the true valuation for a property, no one really realizes that that's happening and everything seems to be smooth, but the buyer's agent is doing a disservice. Okay. I feel like we've kind of jumped into answering statement four a little bit there as well, but I'm sure there's more we can unpack to it. But Joe, just recapping on that, essentially the statement revolves around there's no incentive for a buyer's agent to get you a good deal. Exactly like what PK is saying. There is a difference between buyer's agencies but in terms of incentives, yeah, you, you, you're 100%. Buyers agents are incentivized to sell the property. They they are Their goal is to find you an investment-grade property, but it's not going to last. My business is 100% referral. If one client says, hey, I just worked with Joe and we've got a poor outcome, then it's just going to, I'm not going to have a business for very long because we're going to be giving poor results. And actually, I'll push this back onto you, Toddy. You mm-hmm. were a real estate agent. Uh, you were helping people sell properties. Like, why bother trying to get the best rate for the uh, the client? Like, an extra $10,000 doesn't really mean much to your commission if you can have a smooth, easy deal. I can't speak for all agents, but for me, and it's funny, I was actually just talking with Mike Mortlock about this just yesterday. It's, it's the one thing I really do miss about being an agent. It's the sport. I used to just, I loved it. You, you push back, it's a game. And all of a sudden, you're right. If I, if I got someone an extra 10, 20, 50 grand, my commission, it would change. But by the time you take out GST, the house split, everything else, you're doing it for a few hundred dollars. Like it's not really much, but yeah. that, that incentive when someone can now retire two years earlier or or like go on a, an overseas holiday that they never thought possible, that genuinely feels amazing to, to do that. So, but again, that's, that's me, but I don't know if, if every agent really operates that way. Yeah. I think it comes down to the person, like you're saying, Joe, it, it comes down to the operator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll probably just say on, on that point that like, you're right, you know, a business, the number one feature of a good business is loyalty. It appears that that's the case in your business, Joe, talking buyers agents in general and picking up on that point of a business won't survive. I don't think that's true. There's, there's plenty of businesses, both buyers agents and in other industries that have survived and flourished where they're actually not doing the best job for their clients. I, I can think of already dozens of buyers agents, especially those who are maybe five, 10 years old, 
you know, great Google reviews, all of this stuff. But when you see the results, you know, it's the negative stories don't really come out that easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a problem in our industry. It's unregulated. It's a problem in, in every industry. Yeah. So it's sort of like buyer beware. If, if you want to use a buyer's agent, at least be educated enough to know what the true valuation of that property is, to know whether that suburb is good or not based on the... I mean, I'll give you an example. Logan, everyone loves Logan, right? It's a hot topic. I can give you a narrative why you should invest in Logan, you know, between Gold Coast and Brisbane, thriving population, hospital upgrades, you know, blah, 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 blah. I can give you a narrative about why you shouldn't invest in Logan. High crime rate, high investors in some suburbs is like 70% of all properties are investor properties, you know, tenants churn, they don't maintain... You can make up a story either way for anything. So I think it behooves people, even if you are using a buyer's agent, to actually be able to learn, is that the right suburb for yourself? Is that the right property for yourself? Is that the right valuation for yourself? And then if you want to outsource the execution, you know, you can do that. At least you're holding them to account. Yeah. I'm just Googling the word behooves. It behooves. <laughs> That's um. a... That's but, a classic. <laughs> um, but one one thing to mention as well is like when when I'm finding an investment grade property, like an investment grade location, we run an in-depth analysis on the market, on the area, on the property itself, and can provide a whole heap of comparables to back up exactly why this property is worth this. What we also do is we may not get the first property that we go out there and buy. Like my price, exactly like what you're talking about there, PK, my price is here. And if the market wants to get emotional and someone else comes in and wants to pay more, then unfortunately they pay 20 grand more. That's none of my business. We got to go and move on. That's what I do day in and day out. I don't get every single deal that we go for. I miss out constantly. And that's the value of a buyer's agent. Like it takes, I mean, how many times do you see it, Todd, in your your uh, real estate game where someone has missed out, boom, missed out. Oh, that sucks so much. Okay, we'll get the next one. Boom, we'll get the next one. Oh, we'll get the next one. And mm -hmm. it's like, I have a full-time job. I've got kids. I don't have time to fly down to, to Adelaide to research these areas. Like then these people are easy pickings because you can negotiate with them. I don't know. Do you see that, Todd? Do you see like, what, what would you call it? What, what was that? Like, I don't need more because I, I just sit in a dark room by myself with my dog and, and talk to people. <laughs> <in this room. laughs> but, but yes, otherwise I, I did used to see that and it's probably makes me sound like a, an ass, but you take advantage of it when you're an agent. If you see that someone is distraught and well, not distraught, but you know, that they're completely over it. They've got the make it stop face on, well then yeah, you, know, you can push them more. Yeah. No, that, that's that's a really, really good point. And I think once again, I hope this debate isn't against you, Joe, because you're sort of a stand-up sort of guy, but talking about buyers agents in general or, or the majority, what you're doing is not what they're doing, you know, like yeah. this. For example, I know a buyers agent who operates in Brisbane. And and this is the other thing, you know, the, there's two types of buyers agents. There are ones that specialize in a locality, and then there are ones that are national. The ones that specialize in a locality, they say, well, we're always going to be better than the national ones or by you doing it yourself because we live here for like the last 10, 15 years. But the reality is that there's so many of them in Brisbane right now. They have made a lot of money over the last two years, but they're still touting Brisbane despite some suburbs now falling in value. Now they've changed the narrative to say, oh, no, but long term growth is good, even if you lose 100K in the next two years. Right. So that that's one thing. And then the other thing is, OK, well, national buyers agents so, so should hopefully it. overcome that that problem. Right. That bias. Well, that could be true in, in one one sort of school of thought. 
But then the problem is that most of these national buyers agents, once again, I'm not talking about you here, Joe, is that they're outsourcing the in-person inspections to property managers anyway. Yeah. There's one that that um, my client told me about recently that they use, even in the contract for the buyer's agent, it says, we do not guarantee that your property will be inspected, right? And and when when I hear sort of stuff like that, that kind of really boils my blood. It's like, what are you paying for? Just before we continue down this path, the original point was there's no incentive for a buyer's agent to, to actually push the deal. <laughs> yeah. We may have strayed a little bit from the path, but just again, in the interest of time. Yeah. I'm assuming it's safe to say, Joe, you you disagree with that and say there is absolutely incentive. PK, you, you would be backing that saying, no, they don't really have the same incentive. Am I correct in saying that? I forget what the question was, but I think that <laughs> most buyer's agents are extended of the sales agent. Okay, yeah. cool. Absolutely. Now, a statement that doesn't really uh, agree with either of you, because uh, I feel like this is also very much a my client, my client, but this one just kind of tries to shut down both and says, <laughs> you don't need a course, you don't need a BA, just read books, listen to podcasts. I've built a $5 million portfolio Ooh. just by learning on the go as I went along. I didn't waste money on either because it gave me more to put towards actually investing in property. And just to clarify there, that is not a quote from me. That is a quote from someone that will rena- remain anonymous when I was actually writing the statements for this episode. Who yeah, would like to go his first? Name was, his name was Stodd's Tone. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll let PK go first. But one thing I just wanted to ask you, Todd, is you know, you've know you built an amazing portfolio. You love property. What that genuinely what? wasn't me. Like that, well that, done on your five million dollar portfolio, mate. Good, mine's good three. Like, <laughs> oh, that wasn't. No, no. Oh, because the question that I was going to say there was, what business are you in? And it's real estate, right? You you have all of the backing, so that's not you. Don't no. PK jump in, mate. Let's uh, let's get let's <laughs> let's get the party started. No, I, I think we're going to be on the same page here, Joe. I can kind of feel it already. I think the problem, like the problem, is the problem statement is that there's too much of a chasm, there's too much of a divide between doing it alone and trying to for a person to um, synthesize all of this fragmented data and information and opinion or online and, and forums and podcasts and stuff. They just get overwhelmed, all right? And it's like, oh, man, I just don't really want to make a mistake. Joe and all the other 3,000 buyers agents are right. I should use one because I don't want to make a mistake. It's also overwhelming, right? But there's a divide between that and then having to use a buyer's agent, all right? So I would always say if you can avoid paying for stuff and you have the ability to do it yourself, do it yourself. But that doesn't mean if you don't that you all of a sudden need to jump to a solution, right? Every single property. I think there's something in the middle. The answer isn't binary. You know, a lot of the time people, they don't do it themselves because of lack of confidence, but then they don't want to use a buyer's agent. Like there's something in the middle. It's it's education, right? And if you can be educated, I don't care if you use my course or, or whatever, lots of good courses, lots of bad courses out there, but there's something in the middle where, okay, I don't have 15 hours a week to make this a part-time job, but I do have three to four hours a week, you know, over a couple of months to learn and execute. And that is practical if you're learning in a systematic, structured way. And if you don't have three to four hours in a week, then perhaps that's when you look at a buyer's agent, right? So I'm trying to be unbiased. This is just the, the honest truth of the matter. But I think the problem once again lies with if you just go with a buyer's agent willy-nilly, there's no strategy development. 
and once again, I don't want to um, put words in your mouth, Joe, because I think you guys do this pretty well. But a buyer's agent is not going to sit down and with you and say, all right, in 15 years, you want 100K passive income. How many properties will you need? What are their respective values? What are their respective yields? Which ones will you keep forever? Which yeah. ones will you sell? So How do we structure your exactly, lending strategy? Yeah, that's exactly. This is something that's missing exactly. from the buyer's agent traditional model. I know, Joe, you, you guys do it really well, but most buyer's agents don't. It's a transaction for them. And so then you're kind of in this position. You've got a couple of properties. You paid for a couple of buyer's agents, but you're like, okay, I don't know if they're good. I don't know where the next one should, I don't know my strategy. I'm I'm still kind of lost. And then you're like, oh, well, let me just continue using the buyer's agents. And all of a sudden you've bought five properties and outlaid 50 to $100,000 on buyer's agent fees. That could be a deposit. That's almost two deposits, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of my answer that before you pay for a course, try to do it yourself. Before you pay for a buyer's agent, try to find a course that does it. If not, then use the buyer's agent. Okay, so you almost look at this as as steps. Yeah, it's like a it's like a hurdle. You know, it's like when I used to work at Virgin Australia as the head of strategy there, and you know, we're like, okay, how can we rinse out the most money from paying guests? You know, you don't just want to Virgin Australia, right? We you buy the seat, and it's like, okay, you want to select that seat. That's a little bit extra. You want to you get money. You want to get food, food and beverage. It's a little yep. bit extra. You you tier things. So that's I think people need to tier the value proposition in their head, but as opposed to just saying, do it myself with no confidence or just skip all the way to a buyer's agent. Okay. Joe? Yeah. that's That strategy piece is a big part of what we do in our business. Exactly like what PK has been saying the whole time, buyer's agents are different. That's a, that's a big piece that I wanted to chat to, but also no matter how many times you scale out a buyer's agent, if I am saving someone, you know, 15, 20, 50 hours of going out there and doing all of the stuff themselves, along with getting a $22,000 reduction and, and getting a good investment location and getting them a good property. If you're saving $22,000 every single time, let's just say that buyer's agent fees 15, you're up money, you're up money. You times that by five, you times it by 10, you times it by 100, you're still getting a return on your investment. So it doesn't matter how many times you scale out. Yes, it'll be a deposit, but there's no way you would be able to get to that next one if you didn't have the right strategy. What, what do you think about this though, Joe? Like, I think that's, that's a classic argument for a buyer's agent, right? You pay us money, yeah. we get it, we're expensive, but we're going to get you a return on investment. Well, what's your honest thoughts on the opportunity cost of that? So for example, let's say I said um, that a person can get that $22,000 off negotiating after the building and pest inspection. There's a few things wrong. It's not quite worth 22 grand, but you get 22 grand off the contract price anyway. What if they can do it themselves with education and it's not a part-time job? It actually isn't that hard because property buying is not rocket science, right? So I think it's about the opportunity cost. Yes, a buyer's agent has a return on investment. I was talking to Todd about this. I actually think that there's a return on investment on good buyer's agents, but the opportunity cost is that same returns without the cost with the empowerment of being taught how to fish instead of just being given a fish. You are going up against a trained expert in property negotiation. So when it comes to the negotiation, I've been doing sales for 13 years. I know how to negotiate with salespeople. But, but uh, could, could we make this less about you, Joe? Because like, let's just generalize. Well, then 
I mean, actually, you know what? To make a good point on your side of the things, I was the head of sales for a legal technology company, and I love property. I was messaging you, PK. I was messaging you, Todd. We were, you know, I built this group. It's been amazing. I wasn't the busy person in the world. I worked nine to five thirty. Did that every day, but I still used a buyer's agent to be able to go out and find an, inv an investment grade property. Now, the first property that I bought was through a buyer's agent, exactly what PK was saying there, a generalized, a general location, but I still used a buyer's agent to be able to do it because they saved me the time, the energy, the resources, the missing out on property. They missed out on a property. There's no emotional impact to me. They take all the brunt. Hey, did we get that one? No, we didn't. Great. On to the next one. Perfect. Let's go to the next one. It's It didn't take anything away from my life. And if you put a part-time effort into something, you're going to get a part-time result. If you put a full-time effort into something, you're going to get a full-time result. And that's what buyers agents do all day, every day, is they work on finding, negotiating, and securing property. So coming um, back to the the point then, Joe, and especially like kind of wrapping oh, around your statement sorry. there around, uh, no, it's all right, you're on it. Um, if you put a part-time effort in, you're going to get a part-time result. If you put a full-time effort in, you're going to get a full-time result. The point here being you don't need either, just do it yourself. If you do want to just do it yourself, you need to be putting in a full-time result. Is that kind of what you're saying? If you want to do it yourself, you need to put, yeah, full-time effort in. And also, one of the, actually disagree with one of PK's points there about uh -oh. getting educated. No, you said, you said like, you, you should, like, if you want to try it yourself and then get educated, 100%, do not do that. Get educated first. Because you're going to do exactly like what I spoke about at the beginning. That, that's you, what like, I mean, Joe. I don't mean just okay. take a step in the jet oh, good. What okay. I mean good. is like, try yeah. to get educated yourself before yeah. paying for a course or something if, like that. If I can on that for anyone listening as well, educated doesn't mean sign up to my two-hour free seminar so I can oh. see you off the plan apart. No, no. Just for everyone, none of no, us are no. saying that. I don't even need to ask you guys if, if you, yeah, if you agree with and that, that. And that's the other thing. That's one of my pet peeves, Todd, where a buyer's agent creates a $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 course and it's like, you know that's a gateway drug onto their full service because they you know that they're yeah. not going to give you everything you need and it's like they've made three grand and now they're going to make another 15 grand because now you've built trust in them you know you've listened to someone for 10 hours and of course mm -hmm. you're like this guy's legit it's a classic bait and switch but coming back to your point joe around a it sounds really cool a full-time job or full-time endeavor is going to give you a full-time result part-time part-time i'll come back to my analogy of gardening i love gardening there's a thing that you know, that says that the best fertilizer is the gardener's shadow, right? That I found that to be, okay. to be very, very true, but I'm very good gardener. I can see my backyard right now. There's pawpaw trees, mango trees, all sorts of things, but it's not a full-time job. All right. I probably YouTube every couple of weeks, learn how to, to sow a seed in a particular type of plant or whatever, and it gives me fruits. So I feel that property investing is the exact same. If you can educate yourself, and I'm not just saying watch a YouTube video every couple of weeks, but educate yourself seriously, three, four, five hours a week, including implementation for two weeks, that is not a full-time job. That's not even a part-time job. You'll get the fruits. If we go to the last statement here, so much of the value a BA offers is in leveraging existing relationships to provide off-market deals for their clients. Even if you know everything about an area, you can't compete with a strong existing relationship that gets the first phone call. Who would like to go first? You go, PK. I'm sure you've got right. some topics <laughs> You know, buyers agents talk about relationships. They do have relationships. I heard a buyers agent once say that we've been buying in this area 
for five years. There is no way you can compete with our level of relationship. And, you know, we're like part of the fabric in this suburb or in this cluster of suburbs. And then I asked that buyer's agent, I'm like, why have you been buying in the same area for five years? Like, surely if it was a good area, it would have gone up and you'd move move on to the next area or to the next quote unquote hotspot, to which they had no reply. So once again, I'm not, not everyone's like this, but when you're a new property investor, when you're a newbie and you're listening to podcasts like these, it's so easy to be tripped up and, you know, cajoled as prey for a lion. You're just eating up anything they say. You need to be very careful of, of what you accept and what you reject. And the second thing is, let's just call a person Bennett. They lived in Melbourne. And this is in the uh, start of 20, start of 2021, right? Bennett, fresh migrant from India. I have a lot of migrants uh, that I work with, but he's not a client. Let's go with that. And, you know, he wanted to buy a property in the Gold Coast in a, in a suburb called Pacific Pines. I love that suburb. It's a really nice suburb. And he was saying, look, PK, um, I want to buy it off market. I want to get a really good deal. I was like, well, just do what, you know, what it says to do. And he did. And for this is literally it. For three Mondays in a row, he picked up the phone to a, a bloke like Todd in Pacific Pines and said, hey, Mr. Agent, you know, this is my situation. I have my pre-approval ready to go. I'm ready to buy. This is my budget, et cetera, et cetera. If there's anything that comes online, anything that comes offline, off market, please give me a ring. I'm, I'll buy it off you. And then one Wednesday after three weeks of doing this, spent 10 or 15 minutes cultivating that relationship every Monday. So this sales agent, she called Bennett and said, there's this unfortunate situation with this owner. They need to sell ASAP. They're a private person. It was actually a divorce. They don't want people to know about it. It's yours. The property is yours if you want it, but you need to get the contract signed today. Bennett picked up the phone with a property manager. Property manager went through it. It was only built 10 years ago. Not any, not huge issues or any issues really. He got the deal done that evening, right? That's a real story. And I don't want to take credit, right? Like anyone can do this. If he just simply got on the phone for 10, 15 minutes, cultivating that relationship with the sales agent over three weeks, you know, if he had that much time, he got, he, anyone can get that property under market, off market. That property is worth about 750 or 800 right now. I bought it for about 500. So buyers agents can do the same thing. If you don't want to do those phone calls, but you can do it yourself as well. Okay. So building the relationship is something that anyone can do is, is your stance on this. This isn't something that's exclusive to buyers agents and buyers agents that say, we've got these really long-term relationships. You kind of see that as a bit of a red flag. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. And off-market deals aren't the bee's knees either. There's plenty of terrible off-market deals that aren't worth buying. In a lot of cases, huh? sales yeah. agents will give off-market deals to buyers agents who will then send it to their clients saying it's off-market and yeah, the sales agent will... Before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll say it's $50,000 yeah. more and they'll get ripped off. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like I get these emails all the time where I get this amazing off-market opportunity and they're like, hey, we've got this amazing off-market. Great. Send it to me. What are you talking about? Why is it 500,000 when it should be 450? Like if you don't, you can get on those lists, but do be be aware, like PK saying, like they are some of the lists, a little tricky, sneaky, sneaky ones. So as far as the the relationships concerned, then even getting that email, Joe, is that something that you put a lot of value on for for buyers agents? Or actually, let me reword that. Is that something that you actually think buyers agents bring a lot of value to the table with? Yeah. And the question was, so much of the value of a buyer's agent offers in leveraging existing relationships. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the key point, if, if people are leveraging relationships to sell you their services, I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. 
I think it's very important to cultivate relationships. I was in Adelaide, you know, last week um, having breakfast with real estate agents, um, working with developers and things like that to be able to get hot leads in when they come in. So those relationships do exist. They are real. I'm servicing an off-market um, at the moment. I just got a call from the agent just now. So we will end up buying We will end up buying that property, but you still have to do the research and the data and make sure that you're actually buying it at a good, at a good price. So I kind of agree and disagree with this. You can't compete with strong relationships if you have them, but a one call to one agent is a little bit, a bit too far of a stretch to say, well, I just have one agent, I'll call in 15 minutes. No, you've got to call five agents. You call the top five agents in the area, call them for 15 minutes every day, and then eventually you'll find something. Just sounds like your guy got a little bit lucky potentially, but it is- No, a- he, was, he was doing exactly that. Not every day, but once a week. Once uh, a week. Just go on ratemyagent.com.au, top five agents, 10 minutes every Monday, done. Yeah, so every, then, every day you're going to annoy the crap out of no, me. No, no, you wouldn't do yeah, it every day. Sorry, I meant every, every week. But yep. again, you've got to do it to five agents. So that's, that's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. So that's an hour. And then you've got to do the research. It takes a lot of time. But yeah, just to go back to the point, I don't think that's the it's the biggest value of, of a buyer's agent. I don't think um, existing relationships are very important. Like there's deals that we get that nobody else is going to get. But it's you, not the be all and end all. It's not the be all and end all. What's your experience, Todd? Like, you know, you've been a sales agent. Let's say Todd's a buyer's agent and he's trying to get off market deals and I'm not a buyer's agent. I'm just Joe Blow. And we're both like, I'm a nice person. I'm just, how's your day? How's the weekend? Um, You know, just heads up. This is what I'm all about. If people are nice, would you favor a buyer's agent or are you kind of ambivalent as long as that person seems professional, is going to be easy to deal with and is a nice person? Yeah, I, I actually did a whole episode on this on the the property couch with Bryce and Ben. I called it return on relationship. And and it's it's totally true. With there there is a bias, but it's not even the fact that it's like, hey, they're a nice person. It's sometimes it's just because they are a nice person, they're actually the first to pop to mind. And and you might just think of them and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, PK's been looking for for a property like this, or Joe's been looking for a property like this. And but at the end of the day, for me as a former agent, it still always had to be like um, at top of the the list. Am I getting the best result for my client? And and sometimes the best result, as we've said a million times on the show before, I'm sure both of you have said publicly as well, isn't actually a financial one for the client. And and when I say client, I mean vendor in that situation. I've sold properties before and, and said to them, like, we can get you more money if we take this to market. But they're like, no, we've got XYZ happening. Like, we don't care if we can get an extra 20, 30 grand. If if this can be closed now in like 20 days, then that's actually worth more to us. So it it does, yeah, I, I think it definitely works, but I kind of agree with, with both of you in this setting. It's like, it does work, but if it's the only string in a BA's bow that they just keep plucking, well, then th- there's probably a few skill sets missing there in, as far as I think. But this isn't about what I think. This is about what you guys think. This is your debate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And also like the, the the real value is knowing an area so well that you can jump on a deal when it happens. Like there's no way a buyer's agent can say, I get all the off-market deals from all of the agents. Like it's just knowing an area so well, so in- intently that when a deal pops up online, like yesterday, right? I didn't get a call. I didn't get that magical call from the agent. They just listed it. But I was able to act quickly and make mm. it happen within that period of time, like within a short period of time to secure the deal. I'll yeah. just I'll just make one small point on that as well. What you've said is absolutely true, and I'm not taking away from that. 
at all, just based on my own experience with clients. Oftentimes with a buyer's agent, there's an additional hurdle. The sales agent gives it to the buyer's agent or the buyer's agent finds it on realestate.com or whatever. And then there's a period of like two to three days in which the buyer's agent needs to quote unquote sell it to their client. You know, the client might be super skeptical. Why this area or why this property? Or let me think about it. I need to speak to my wife. I need to sleep on it. But if you aren't using a buyer's agent, you've already done that homework up front because you know what you're doing. You're educated. As soon as you see the property, you can get it off market. You can get it off the market, I should say, under contract within an hour, within two hours, within three hours. There's not that additional friction of having to sell it to yourself because you already know what you're doing. So that that's probably just another counterweight to, to what you're suggesting. Joe. Completely disagree with that. Completely disagree with that. We do need um, to wrap this up, Joe. But if you can give us your disagreement in like thirty seconds, and actually yeah, thirty seconds this time. Well, like I mean, it's not much of it. It wasn't a massive point, but I'm never selling a client on a property. I say this is what we're going to buy it for, and this is the reason. You do it all up front, and then they can move fast on the deal. As you say, PK, speed for deals is the most important thing. Um, and if you can't move fast, you need to, like, you're not going to get a good deal. There's no way there will be a three-day delay because the deal's gone, especially in the hot market. No way. Um, I'm just saying from what my clients are telling me or what agents are telling them. You know, the agent has said, you know, this other person, the buyer's agent, they're taking a day too long. You know, you can have dibs at it. I'm just talking from experience. It might be a inappropriate sample size, but it's real. Okay. All right, wrapping everything up from from both of you guys, if we can actually have, I guess, the, the overall statement of is a buyer's agent worth it? If I've listened to both of you correctly, I think the the answer is it depends sometimes. <laughs> depends on who it is, depends on how much time you've got, depends on what your skill set is. Do you actually have a passion to learn property? Because some buyer's agents, no, they're absolutely not worth it. They're garbage. Some buyer's agents, yeah, they're absolutely brilliant, worth their weight in gold. But can you do it alone? Well, yeah, you can. But you're going to have to put in some effort, put in some time, put in some uh, even some financial backing. Would you guys uh, agree with that as a bit of a, a summation to the entire episode? It depends. Yeah, I agree with that. It does depend. You do fine not. You, you yeah, it's fine if you don't. Yeah, no, you do not need a buyer's agent. You do not need a course. You can go out and make this happen by yourself. It's just at the speed and acceleration of where you're looking to get your goals. How long is it going to take for you to do it? And if you have the knowledge, the time, the energy, the resources, the tools, the tricks, the tactics, the the confidence, the negotiation ability, and all of that, then absolutely, you can go out there and do it. But if you don't have that, then use someone that has all of those things. Okay, PK, anything you want to add as some final words there, mate? Look, I think everyone's an expert in property. In Australia, there's 25 million experts, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Everyone has an opinion. There's hundreds of courses. They'll all use scare tactics to say, look, if you don't do my course, then you'll fail. There's thousands of buyers agents that all say, if you don't use me, you'll fail. Everyone knows what's up. You know, people aren't dumb. Um, my hypothesis when I first started was that, because I've never used a buyer's agent myself uh, for residential property, was that I can do this myself. I don't trust anyone. Um, everyone's just trying to do smoke and mirrors. And that happened to me. So it's kind of from my own experience. Okay. And what I validated in my hypothesis was that if you don't have about four, maybe even five hours a week over a couple of months, then use a buyer's agent, right? You don't have enough time. You need that four or five hours a, a, a week over a couple of months. Or if you have zero interest, then you might look to outsource. But if you have that, just that time, it's not a part-time job. It seriously isn't. This is not surgery. It's gardening. (laughs) If you have that time, if you have interest, then you can do it yourself. That's 
always been my mission. I think buyer's agents, good buyer's agents are worth it. If you don't have these two ingredients, if you do have these two ingredients, then I, they're not worth it. I love that. This is not surgery. It's gardening. That's brilliant, PK. <laughs> anyway, guys. I'm I, pissing Joe off big time here. I like, Can I we just, still be friends? <laughs> the problem is I just like that analogy so much as well. It's upset <laughs> me how much I like it. <laughs> uh, well, it would upset both of you if you saw my garden. I actually brought Mike around very purposely after six o'clock last night because I didn't want him looking out the back. I'm very much not a gardener, but anyway, mate, <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there. But uh, before we go, I've asked both of you what your favorite pizza is. And I actually did this on the episode with Jack and Sammy uh, last debate. Instead of asking your favorite pizza, if we can get you to both agree, if you're sitting down, you're catching up for one, what pizza would you both agree on to order? Oh, how, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. What, what would you want, PK? Well, I kind of scripted my answer for this, and I was going to say like bread pizza. You know, like when you want something that tastes like pizza, but you don't have time to make one, you just put a slice of bread in the toaster and you put some like sauce on and a few things on top. Tastes pretty close to pizza, and it takes about four or five minutes. I have done with that. Okay. I'm down with that. All right. But fellas, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we've we've definitely um, given a lot more information to anyone that's thinking, should I be using a buyer's agent? Should I be doing it alone? And um, yeah, giving everything that you had from the the very beginning there, guys. But thanks a lot for jumping on. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, PK. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Joe.